This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why GameBridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. GameBridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Please visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. This is Let's Talk About Myths, baby, and I am your host, Liv, here today with a very special episode. So a couple of weeks ago, I talked to Dr. Kira Jones, who is a classicist, but often specializes in classical reception in video games. And so obviously we were going to talk about Cassandra, because how could we not? 
So yes, this is an episode explicitly about Assassin's Creed Odyssey and specifically the use of the character Cassandra and her as a female primary character in a major video game, all of the drama that caused, but also how important it was, along with just so much about Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the accuracies, the way they did everything, how magnificent the game is. I obviously am obsessed with it. Now, one thing of note, and the reason this is a bonus episode, is that it does contain spoilers for the game. So if you are particularly concerned with not having the storyline of the game spoiled for you, maybe wait to listen to this episode until you have played it. Um, I think when we get deep into the spoilers, I believe I make a, a spoiler notice, but at the same time, overall, it's fairly spoilery because it's hard to talk about this game as a whole without getting into the nitty gritty of the storyline and everything that comes with it because the storyline, while much of it is fictional, uses almost exclusively real people from Greek history in its story, which is fascinating in itself, but also um, just, you know, causes a lot of spoilers. But truly, this was such a fun conversation. I'm deeply obsessed with this video game. I, I cannot stop playing. Um, you know, I'm not a gamer by the fact that I keep saying video game too. But truly, like it was so much fun. I love Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I absolutely am obsessed with Cassandra as a character and everything about her. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Dr. Kira Jones all about Cassandra. Conversations Cassandra, Hero of Sparta Assassin's Creed Odyssey with Dr. Kira Jones So I am here today with Dr. Kira Jones to talk all about Cassandra from Assassin's Creed Odyssey, because why the hell not, I think is the real question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the question is like, why wouldn't we be talking about Cassandra, really? Exactly. I mean, I, I talk about Assassin's Creed Odyssey far too much now for a game that's been out for a couple of years, because only I, I've only just recently started <laughs> playing it. Um, so we might as well dive right into that. Cassandra is an absolute badass, if uh, entirely fictional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. First of all, she's just so iconic. Um, mm -hmm. But a, a lot of the work that I've been doing on her has been why she pisses so many people off. <laughs> Ooh, actually, yeah, I should I should start off with like, so so why did you pick Cassandra? What about her is kind of like in your wheelhouse? Right. Yeah. So um, I, I do a lot of work on antiquity and video games. I've been, you know, a video gamer since I was tiny. Um, so I mean, once I actually got out of grad school, I realized, hey, I can do whatever the hell I want now. So I'm going to work on video games. <laughs> <laughs> and that was about when Assassin's Creed Odyssey came out. So, um, you know, I started diving into the material culture that they used. And, of course, I discovered Cassandra. Um, and, you know, it, it was... I'd like to say it was shocking, but it, it was um, not that surprising that so many people were upset by not just her inclusion as the canon main character, but her inclusion in the game at all. Hmm. 
So, you know, a, a lot of my other work around the game since then has been trying to figure out, like, what is it about Cassandra that, you know, is so disturbing to, you know, so many people? Interesting. Okay, so bear with me, too. So I am not a video gamer. I <laughs> I had an N64 when I was ar- too old, I think, already to have an N64, and then never really upgraded <laughs> past that until in November, I think it was enough people told me I should play Assassin's Creed Odyssey that I bought yeah. and used PS4 explicitly to play. Oh, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is the first video game beyond the Nintendo 64 of the late 90s that I have ever played. What a great one to start with, though. Right? I mean, it's first and only. Like, I yeah. still have not played anything else. It's kind of blown my mind. And now everyone's like, well, you have to play this. You have to play that. And I'm like, okay, I I, I get that. But, like, let me just have this moment where I just only play <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey forever. Um, so I've, like, I I beat the main game. Mm-hmm. And then and then I accidentally overwrote it when I, like, was just about to get to Atlantis. Or just oh, gotten, no. Or not, not Atlantis, I should say, but Elysium. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, and then so I had to do it all again from scratch, but I still play on easy because I find it more fun to just be better at the game. So now (laughs) I'm like, I'm I'm in Atlantis and Cassandra's a badass and I just kind of play the easy level all the time because it's really entertaining. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I usually go for um, like story mode when I'm first starting out in a game because like I I don't want to worry about keeping myself alive. When I'm trying to figure out the story. <laughs> so what does that mean exactly? Is there a way to, like, an an even easier way than I've been playing? Or I have no idea what I'm doing. Clearly. Yeah, I, I think that, um, I mean, the easiest way is to just go through discovery mode. But okay. you miss out on the story that way. And you just get, like, their guided tours. And you right. can run around the world and stuff. Um, they set it up as kind of like a big sandbox with tours sprinkled around the major cities. Um, so if you want to... Um, like just run around Greece in the fifth century without random bandits attacking you out of the blue, <laughs> then, you know, that's your best bet. But if you actually like want to do quests and stuff, then um, easy mode is probably uh, what yeah. I would recommend. So that, yeah, that's definitely where I started. I have done a couple of the discovery tours, but then I feel like I just started at the Acropolis and I was like, no, I want to play the game. But then the game throws you directly into the Persian war. Yeah. At, like, Thermopylae. And I'm like, <laughs> For real? Because, again, like, this is the first game I've ever played in my life. Mm-hmm. And and the first time I've held a PlayStation controller. <laughs> and I've yeah. got two joysticks, and I'm like... And then suddenly you're having to fight people. And I, oh my god, I gave up fully for a bit. And then was, like, so mad that I gave up <laughs> that I went back. And then I realized you really just do have to, like, swing a sword enough that they will eventually die. It's not trying to kill you. But yeah. it's a very stressful way to start a game when you have it never is. played a game before. <laughs> I mean, usually people are just like, okay, press the W key to walk. Um, do this to open your inventory. And Odyssey is like, okay, here are a thousand Persians. Have fun. Yeah. And then I I did it again, like, because I've, I basically ended up playing a section of, or a, a huge chunk of it three times mm-hmm. because of overwriting my game. Because I, I played with Cassandra, beat it. And then was like, I want to play with Alexios and be an asshole and like just pick all the meanest <laughs> interactions and see how that goes. But then he was my only one. So I had to redo it again with Cassandra and mm-hmm. and, and enjoy it again. So any, but the, I swear the third time it's it gave me instructions. It was like, 
press this to swing your sword or whatever. And I was like, well, how? this is the third time playing. How is this the time I get instructions? Like, it's a little late now. But I mean, when you get into the game, it is really like the greatest thing I've ever experienced as just like an obsessed person with ancient Greece. It's like, yeah, it's it's unbelievable how well they've made it. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they did the work for sure. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I want to play the other games people are recommending to me, but I don't think anything's going to live up to this. Mm. So I'm more hesitant. Yeah. Um, but Cassandra in general. So tell me about how much like I I can assume a huge part of of the hatred towards her is just straight misogyny, especially misogyny in gaming, because mm-hmm. I remember Gamergate, even if I wasn't a gamer. Yeah, um, everyone knew about that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, tell me about that. What kind of mess exists that I've missed out on? <laughs> <laughs> so much. Uh, I mean, like, first of all, in relation to Gamergate, uh, there's a very long history of gaming being considered a masculine space. Uh, and, you know, first of all, that that's flat out untrue. You know, the, the idea that, you know, it's only... Um, like 15 to 25 year old guys who live in their mom's basement that play games um, is just untrue. There have always been, you know, women, bi people, queer people, everyone plays games. Um, But, you know, the narrative that everyone has been screaming about has been that it's this masculine pursuit. So, you know, women either don't admit that they play it or they just you know, assume, okay, well, that's not a girl thing. So, um, you know, I, I'm not really a gamer, but I play Candy Crush is a thing <laughs> that I hear a lot. It's like somehow smartphone games are safe. Um, but I mean, like they're games too. So yeah, yeah, you, you've got this idea that gaming is a masculine space. And then you've got the other half of the equation, which is that um Antiquity is also a very white masculine space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, you know, I, I don't know how much um, you read up on like the alt-right use of classics and stuff. Um, I know enough. I Enough, yeah. I Yeah, I have never sought it out all that much, but I mean, it even comes to my Twitter now and again. Yeah, uh, the Faros Project is um, a great collection if you ever just want to get like really mad at the world. Um, <laughs> they, they document everything. Um, and kind of like an online archive so that you don't give the actual original websites clicks um, oh. or, or views or stuff, but you can still Good see what's know. going on. Antiquity in Greece in particular gets used as a way to prop up um, a lot of neo-Nazi, racist, misogynistic ideas. And anything that comes into conflict with that, um, for example, you know, exploring 5th century Greece in the body of a badass woman who doesn't care what anyone mm-hmm. thinks. Um, that is going to be, you know, very, very contentious for a particular group of people. Yeah. I mean, even simply my one star reviews are, are basically that in itself, like aside from gaming, just like angry dudes who don't like that. I talk about women sympathetically mm-hmm. in ancient Greece. So I, yeah, I, I can only imagine how much it came at a game that, that not only had Cassandra at the forefront, but also, mm-hmm. She is not that that like video game women's body that quote unquote mm-hmm. like you know she's not um like the early Tomb Raider <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> I mean I even remember like I heard peripherally about how mad people were that they gave Tomb Raider smaller boobs in a in a more recent 
version or something. I don't know the details, but yeah. so I can only imagine like Cassandra, who's like this feminine she, but incredibly muscular. Yeah, she like, is all she muscle. Is, she is hardcore, <laughs> and yeah, I can only imagine that that you know, on top of everything else, could only make dudes more angry. Yeah. Yeah, it's like there's this idea that, you know, if you have to play as a female character, then she better be sexualized. Yeah. Um, Because then I can be a voyeur while I'm playing her as well. And that makes the interaction okay. But you don't get Uh, that with Cassandra, which is refreshing and great. And we need more of that. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, she's just, yeah, she's just an absolute badass throughout the game. I mean, Mm -hmm. I... She's also just so well acted and everything too. Like oh, I said, she really I, is. She's just perfect. Like I've played with Alexios, and I was like, "Why is he like this? <laughs> like he's just kind of obnoxious." <laughs> and I'm like, "There's nothing about Cassandra that's obnoxious." Yeah. So when it comes to the the level of anger and everything, how how did it kind of manifest itself? Like, I mean, I guess I don't want to get too into to how how people are awful or just how awful they are, right? But I suppose, I mean, I'm not going to say it surprises me because, again, like, I, I am in the world and I'm a mm-hmm. feminist in the world of Greek mythology. So, like, I get it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it kind of surprises me that it just, no, nothing surprises me about this. But I'm interested to hear more <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, if you're interested, I've been doing um, some work lately on, like, why video games, um, especially historical video games, can change people's perceptions on history. Mm. Um, which, you know, get gets into this particular thorny issue kind of interestingly. No, I mean, when they first announced that Cassandra was going to be a character, you know, you had all the dude bros on the internet freaking out on Reddit saying that, you know, this isn't historically accurate. Uh, I'm not going to buy the game. Um, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you can pretty much fill in uh, whatever they were saying because they always <sighs> say the same thing. and. You know, it was probably within the past year that it came out that the writing team actually wanted Cassandra to be the only playable option. Mm. Um, that that was the original idea, but um, management at Ubisoft said, "No, you need to have a male character in there." Mm. So that's how Alexios came in, and then marketing decided that they were pretty much only going to feature Alexios. So even though Cassandra was supposed to be the main character from the beginning and was conceived and written and designed that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we still get this perception that, oh no, she's just kind of this um, option that was thrown in to appease people. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I mean, really it was, it was structured it was to make Alexios, you know, the badass Spartan, you know, masculine fantasy. Yeah. That's really, really interesting. And I mean, not shocking that they would that they would kind of force a, a male character and that he would get taken over. But I'm mm-hmm. happy to hear that it was kind of built around Cassandra. And that answers some questions I had, too. Mm-hmm. So and I, this is going to be a spoiler for the game if anyone doesn't want to get spoiled. But I um, completed the Daughters of Artemis mm. quest line. And I was like, how would this apply to Alexios? Like, do you know? Do you know? They, do they, like, make Alexios, like, the head of the Daughters of Artemis? I think so, yeah. Hmm. I mean, that just seems wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess not to, like, you know, reverse what is and is not historically accurate, but, like, come on. <laughs> I mean, Artemis wasn't about to let a dude run things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's interesting yeah that that was that one quest like there's i think there's a couple where i was like this would be interesting as alexios but that one specifically i was like this would be very bizarre mm-hmm. if i if i was playing at alexios meanwhile it's a great quest line in general i it was is very yeah. excited to have survived that <laughs> i didn't know what they were going to do with the daughters of artemis when like before the game came out because they mm-hmm. had kind of like I think they had included that in one of the demos. Um, so, like, everyone knew there was something about the Daughters of Artemis in there. But um, I didn't know anything beyond that. So I was very pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. It makes makes trying to complete those locations really annoying. Because I'm not going to kill them. <laughs> um, but I raid all their chests, at least. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things that's it's interesting just as somebody who hasn't played like intensive video games before, like for one, Mm -hmm. I I knew how incredible they'd gotten Mm -hmm. and you know, how broad and, and everything, but playing it for the first time and having this be it, it just like, I can't, I physically can't stop. And it's just like the most exciting thing ever. Oh, the whole game being built around Cassandra is really fascinating. And the fact that it is so all like all about family and all of that, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, Alexius does sort of, he seems out of place. Like, he just feels clunkier than she does. Yeah, he worked well as an antagonist. Mm-hmm, yeah. But yeah, you're right. He just, um, as a main character, he, he's just not quite fitting into the puzzle. Yeah, and then and then similarly, Cassandra as an antagonist mm-hmm. also feels wrong. I haven't, I didn't play that deep into Demos as Cassandra um, before I screwed my whole game up and then went back to playing Cassandra so I haven't gone back to Alexios but mm. but yeah it was just interesting having played Cassandra first and then deciding I was gonna to see what it was like with a male character in there right um, yeah because again I just play it so much that I'm like well I should at least like play it you know it again kind of but slightly differently so I'm not just straight playing the exact same storyline again <laughs> uh, now beyond Cassandra I'm curious about your thoughts on on the um the Fate of Atlantis DLC. Mm-hmm. I I find myself not as big of a fan of it as I would like, and I'm mm-hmm. curious. I'm curious. What do you how what do you think about it as a classicist? Yeah, I think that um that they did some interesting things with it. Um, mm-hmm. so ha- have you gotten beyond Elysium yet? Or yeah, yeah, I'm in Atlantis okay. now, doing that stuff. Okay. Um, just wanted to make sure I wasn't spoiling anything for you. Yeah. But again, for listeners, spoilers. Right. <laughs> so listen as you will. <laughs> I mean, on, on the one hand, it, it's a game set in ancient Greece. So, you know, there are going to be people that want to throw Atlantis in there. You know, say what you will about the conspiracy theories. Uh, the way that they <laughs> fit the mythology into the historical side, um, I find very interesting. Because, I mean, on the one hand, you already have all of this Isu lore built into the Assassin's Creed franchise. Um, you've got this precursor race um, who, you know, explains all of this uh, mythology, whether it's Roman or Egyptian, biblical. They've kind of taken all of that and, you know, turned it into Isu lore so that they can then include that in their games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it's a clever way to actually like bring in mythical characters like Persephone and Hades and Cerberus. And, you know, even in the base game, when we're talking about Medusa and the Sphinx, I mean, they are, you know, actual people that have been, you know, not cursed by gods, but kind of infected by um, these Isu artifacts. So 
uh, it's the same basic idea as the mist, but they're they're putting that um, kind of like sci-fi twist on it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you look at this progression through the Greek underworld, you know, through the Isu lens, it, it makes a little bit more sense. But you know, I also really like what they did with Persephone. Mm. I, I think that she is fabulous. I love that she's so angry all the time. <laughs> I enjoyed that she was so angry. I wish they hadn't taken power away from her in the way that they did. Like, they just mm-hmm. sort of made... Yeah, they just kind of made her a bit more of, like, a, a pawn mm-hmm. than than I would have liked. Yeah, I can't say... The, the Elysium one, specifically for me... And again, like, I'm coming at it not from an Assassin's Creed point of view. Right, like, yeah. I had no idea what all that issue stuff was. Mm-hmm. So to me, I was just more... I think it was more frustrating because Mm -hmm. it was overwriting this thing that i'm deeply wildly obsessed with right um with this seemingly alien technology Mm -hmm. which you know causes its own kind of problems beyond Mm -hmm. like attributing this kind of thing to aliens so and i know there's so much more to it that i just don't know because i haven't played anything else assassin's creed but i found that that like Mm -hmm. a little bit harder the first time when i got to elysium I did like the very just the entry thing and I was like, oh my God, I hate this so much. I'm not going back. <laughs> and then and then I, I did go back mostly because I moved into a new apartment. I didn't have internet for a while. And so I just was like, well, the thing I can do to pass the time is play Assassin's Creed. So I guess right. I'm just going to go to Elysium and figure it out. And then by the time I got to the Underworld, I was like, okay, no, I like this. Like, mm-hmm. I really like what they did with the Underworld. Yeah, I just, I guess, suppose I just wanted, I wanted a little bit more from the goddesses. Mm-hmm. And they were, like, the fact that she and Hecate were fighting and they were a little petty. It yeah. Kinda, it got to me a little. But ultimately, I mean, I think it's an interesting way they've done it. I, the Medusa, I loved. Oh, she was so fabulous. Yeah, you recently retweeted, like, an old thread about her, right? Mm-hmm. I, I read did. through that whole thing and was like, oh, my God. just all about (laughs) yeah the the i mean medusa in general is is obviously somebody i focus a lot of time and energy on and Mm -hmm. i like to troll the internet about um but but yeah (laughs) her in the game she's a very fascinating character and very hard to kill (laughs) yeah yeah no she's definitely one of the toughest fights in there um deservedly so i think Um, she should yeah yeah i love that she was yeah like she's certainly the most i've had the most trouble with her out of anyone um mm-hmm. hades kind of bugged me for a while too but <laughs> yeah yeah he's kind of a jerk but... <laughs> yeah and as you pointed out and i missed he throws a chair at you <laughs> i love that <laughs> This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Yeah, I think I did recently did a, a Q&A on on the podcast about Assassin's Creed. So I was like, I just want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And um, and there were some interesting questions because I think unless you're I mean, and I don't have a huge background in Greek history. I just have my BA that was like an overview of, of classics in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, even that has a, has been able to help me in, in my knowledge of what is and is not real. So it was mm-hmm. interesting have like co- having people come at it without any of that and asking me what what was and was not invented and Mm -hmm. of course like the majority is not invented which is very cool like Mm -hmm. the majority is like wildly historically accurate um this is a total departure but now i'm thinking about it do you know anything about the um followers of aries in the game versus anything resembling reality yeah i think those are completely invented yeah that's that's what my research showed me as well yeah um they're fun i like them they are. I mean, it, if you're going to have like a weird cave dwelling, cannibalistic, you know, cult in your game, it makes sense that they would follow Aries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I'm. I'm 
I'm like reassured that I my knowledge was sound, but also kind of mm-hmm. disappointed that there wasn't anything quite like that. I mean, maybe not the cannibalism. I didn't really ever think the Greeks would <laughs> would go there. Um, but just like the level of violence in those characters is oh yeah fascinating. Yeah, they are on another level. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Getting used to a game where you have to kill everybody all the time was a very interesting thing, and like how you kind of deal with feeling bad about the people that mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to kill the fact that you have to kill cerberus within like a split second of i know starting this game such a bummer <laughs> that, that's one of the things that i really appreciate about um the hades game by super giant is that mm-hmm. you have to get past cerberus but you bribe him i like and that. it becomes this running joke where it's like um you get this big message cerberus vanquished and then underneath not really because <laughs> he's just gone back to the house with his sack of disgusting meaty bits that you've given him i mean that's how like cerberus doesn't get killed in the mythology so yeah no one should have to kill him Sweet exactly yeah. don't don't kill the dog i don't care if it's a uh, hell dog don't kill it that's the thing i have the most trouble with in the game is when the dogs attack you yeah <laughs> but cassandra generally so do you have any thoughts about how they went about you know um having this this woman character who is so strong and is so ahistorical in a in a great way Mm -hmm. like i mean i'm curious kind of how they approach that given there wouldn't have been women like that in well broadly in the ancient greek world yeah i mean i I think for um for one thing they they were really looking closely at uh, mythology uh because of Mm -hmm. course we have the amazons um we have characters like um canis uh, we've got, you know, a, a number of, you know, strong women who take up um, martial duties in mythology. So mm-hmm. it, it's not like the idea was foreign. And um, I, I do want to push back a little bit at the idea that, um, you know, women were supposed to be confined to the house. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's very much an elite Athenian idea. It was mm. not reality. And Great. once you, once you get to other places like Sparta, especially... Um, I mean, A, we don't have nearly as much information on Sparta as we do on Athens because, um, you know, A, things just don't get preserved in that part of Greece as well as they do elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, B, Athens was really in a position to kind of control the narrative and they didn't like Sparta. So, uh, of course, you're going to put out all of these crazy stories about, you know, like um, women like shaving their hair so that you know, when they spent the night with their husband, their husband would think they were a boy or whatever. Oh, I never heard that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's a bunch of weird conspiracy theories around Sparta. Um, huh. You know, and a, a lot of, like, the super masculine ideals as well are coming out of Athenian writings. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, they were definitely a very militaristic society. They, uh, I mean, they had a slave class. Um, they were uh, very much uh, into having a strong land-based military. But you were also able to have um, women with a lot more power there. So we get mm-hmm. Kyniska of Sparta, um, who, uh, well, she wasn't a warrior. Um, she did figure out how to become um, a victor at the Olympic Games. Um, she, Amazing. Yeah, she realized that uh, basically the person who owned the uh the horse team was the one who got the prize so she um she was elite she was independently wealthy so she bought her own chariot team uh and then she got to become kineska you know victor of the chariot race 
That is so cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, we have Spartan women that are making things happen. We've got buildings that are dedicated by women. And, you know, well, it uh, not wasn't necessarily like a widespread thing. I mean, I, I think that saying that, you know, there were no women warriors in ancient Greece is, is probably, you know, a fallacy because we just yeah. we have no way to prove that one way or the other. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, as far as historical examples, we've got, you know, strong women like Kainiska. Um, We've got, um, you know, a lot of the Hellenistic queens um, especially had a huge amount of power. I mean, Cleopatra, obviously, but um, also mm-hmm. um, Arsinoi. Um, we've got uh, the burials at Vergina, where the queen actually had, um, like, Amazon-style uh, armor and an arrow quiver that were probably actually hers that she used. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's stuff out there. Um, yeah, for sure. I'm so glad you said all that. That's great. I mean, I think my knowledge again, like the history is not, it, it's broad, mm-hmm. you know, my knowledge, but also it is so based in Athenian propaganda and, and just yeah. Athenian I mean, in general. I mean, that's yeah. the problem is that everything is, um, uh-huh. you know, we've got centuries of studies of Greece and Rome that are based in the idea that these you know, very biased texts that we have preserved are absolute truth. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they're just not. I mean, there's a lot of useful information we can get, but they're biased. There's no yeah. way around that. They're important, but mm-hmm. they're certainly, yeah. I mean, it's not like anyone ever has written without any kind of bias. Like it's it's mm-hmm. impossible in, in humanity. And so, yeah, but it, it, it does become so much trickier to flesh out what is and is not real when when that's the only source you have it's a fascinating thing trying to trying to deal with that Mm -hmm. um and even that's why I kind of like caught myself saying it so say like broadly there weren't women like that yeah but it's true like I mean certainly like you have examples I didn't even know about um but I always try to catch myself or I, I I wouldn't shouldn't say always when I think of it I try to catch myself from being too cut and dry in stuff that is pretty clearly Athenian or just based in the like mm-hmm. the limited sources that we do have. Yeah. But um yeah, that's so interesting. And I think that was something that I found fascinating when I was starting the game is that I kind of originally came at it almost more sympathetic to the Athenians because mm-hmm. that is just like what I know and what I've mm-hmm. learned. And then the game really, I don't think they explicitly want you to pick a side, but if you, mm-hmm. if they were going to have you pick a side, that side is Sparta. Yeah. And I think that's really fascinating and definitely a departure from, from, you know, the norm, like we're saying, like so mm-hmm. much of what we have is Athenian that that tends to be the, the people we go to, to, to talk about Greece broadly when it was just like one city state amongst so many others. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to have that be Sparta and to just get all the different regions and the way that, that so many different, like, I mean, city states, but it's, you know, it's so, yeah. I mean, so it's interesting to to have all of that because, you know, you're still doing, I don't want to say late Greece, but sort of like height of, you know, the Greece that we know of. Yeah. Um, so they are pretty, Hellenized I guess that's I don't know if that's the right word but everyone's Mm -hmm. you know connected in that way Mm -hmm. um but it's still so interesting to be able to see all the different regions and how they're handled and basically I'm just obsessed with this game (laughs) so good (laughs) 
This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Uh, I think we should definitely talk about diversity in the game. So, like the um, the pirate cream. I love her. She's great. You mean Zania? But, yeah, I mean, she's, you know, she's black. She, you know, is very much like a fuck around and find out type of person. She and is in so charge. loyal. She's yeah. so loyal and hardcore and makes you go on some pretty crazy quests with those really difficult maps. Sorry to bring oh, it back the, to the game. No, I hate those maps. But... <laughs> maps are like impossible <laughs> to distinguish. Oh my God. Uh, but no, I do think, I mean, diversity in general in, mm-hmm. in this game is like in terms of, of different races and people, but then also in different sexualities and everything is, mm-hmm. is 
mind boggling. But yeah, I think I think Zania's is such a she's such a good example because I mean she does she takes up a huge part of the game ultimately mm-hmm. in terms of like the quest that you have to run for her. Yeah, I think she's a fascinating study and that you get to flirt with her. Yes. So yeah, she's not just like there to be a badass, but you mm-hmm. can choose to have her also be sexualized, which yeah. I think is is also important and and definitely like I would imagine not something that exists in in a ton of mainstream video games. Yeah, I mean um seduction is a a pretty big thing in video games just because of you know the whole masculine idea of wanting to <laughs> seduce women so like um in um god of war i think it's god of war two or three there's a storyline where you go to talk with aphrodite and she is basically like obsessed with you and immediately wants to sleep with you and she's got these two handmaidens so like well you are in the middle of this mini game where you are essentially plowing aphrodite by clicking your button repeatedly um, you've got the two handmaidens in the corner who are also getting it on watching you. And it's like, oh, my okay, God, this is a very unnecessary. Um, but B, it's very clear who the audience is supposed to be for this. And, you know, so you, you get a lot of stuff like that where it's very clearly meant to be for, you know, heterosexual male players who want to see the pretty girl naked um either with their character or with another girl and i I think with zania in particular one we don't get a cutscene, you know which gives them a little bit more autonomy which is nice but um Mm -hmm. i mean also the the interaction is very much between um you know cassandra and zenia it's not presented as something that's you know really voyeuristic Mm -hmm. and yes I mean, um, I, I don't know how you viewed it, but I, I kind of got the idea that, like, if someone was being a voyeur, then Zetnia would just beat the crap out of them. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely, like, it's sexualized, but in the very broad sense of the term. It's not, like, it's not sexualized in the way that I think, yeah, like, you're saying with God of War and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just in the way that, like, you can choose to almost... She's almost romanticized more than anything else. Like you can yeah. choose to have like a romantic interaction, mm-hmm. which is the case for most of the like seduction moments in the game is that yeah. most of them are like romantic in nature, which I think is also kind of nice. Like it, it's not it's not easy to to make your character a creep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it can be done, but it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the game is not like immediately prepared to let you make them a creep. <laughs> right. <laughs> Also, most of the, well, not most, but I mean, I think possibly more than half uh, of the seduction moments or like the romantic moments are with women. And so mm-hmm. the idea that it is that Cassandra was the original player of the game, I think, is yeah. is also important in that way. It's an interesting thing to be. I mean, for one, I think it's important that you can that you can make your character whatever, um, but also that it is, you know, there's so many very like tender nice interactions you can have mm-hmm. between women <laughs> yeah and I, I think that gets back to the point of like why cassandra is such a controversial figure mm-hmm. i mean it's one thing to like watch a movie on ancient greece or read a book about it because you're kind of a spectator to the narrative uh, when mm-hmm. you're playing a video game it's a very physical thing you know you are the one that is actually driving the choices you are like physically using your body to move your character around so 
you know, when you play as Cassandra, um, you are, you know, experiencing life in ancient Greece through your choices in ancient Greece. And I, I think that's especially powerful with a historical, a historically based video game like Assassin's Creed, because it's clearly not mythical. It's clearly meant to have, you know, at least some bearing on reality. But, you know, by playing as Cassandra, you're opening up this world of ancient Greece to, um, you know, a really, really diverse audience. And you're saying that, yeah, you know, women um, have a stake in this, uh, you know, black women, queer women, um, mm-hmm. you know, queer people, uh, people of color, you know, all of these groups that have been historically excluded from, you know, this Greek colonial narrative suddenly are welcome into this historical game universe and are able to experience it. And mm-hmm. I mean, that is the sort of thing that gets people interested in history. Um, it gets them, you know, into classics, into actually researching it, into rewriting the narratives. And I, I think that that is, you know, very dangerous for a lot of people who are really committed to keeping this, um, you know, white, heteronormative, patriarchal view of ancient Greece intact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dangerous is a good word for that. And I, yeah. I like it. Yeah. No, that's so true. And I think... I mean, certainly, like the the sexual diversity the uh, is is very interesting in the game. But like you're saying too, like people of color are fully represented, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's both important from you know the standpoint of the video game itself, but also historically accurate in a way oh, yeah. that, like you're saying, yeah, we get this white colonial narrative of classics that suggests that one, it seems to suggest that Greek people were a lot paler (laughs) than, (laughs) than they actually would have been. And two, that it was explicitly like European type white that would have existed in places like Greece and Rome, which is utter nonsense given like everything to do with the Mediterranean and how their cultures interacted with the entire Mediterranean region um, and so, yeah, I think to, to have people so well represented and like nobody in the game is particularly white, which is mm-hmm. accurate. And I think, yeah, it's it's very clear that that they both did it because it, I think it's important in our world today to, in general, mm-hmm. but also because it's historically accurate. Yeah. And I, I also love that they use like actual Greek voice actors with mm-hmm. accents. They didn't go like for the next British person that they could find. Uh, I mean, there's a reason that Greek people always get cast by, uh, cast as British actors, you know, and that reason is colonialism <laughs> and mm-hmm. racism. But, you know, they, they actually brought in Greek people to do the voiceovers. They used modern Greek for the background um, dialect. And, you know, again, that, that goes a long way towards, you know, welcoming more people into this universe. Yeah, that's very true. That's. It's funny that's something that I like noticed, but didn't it didn't stand out to me mm-hmm. in the way that I think it should have. Given I have seen all of you know re- reception <laughs> like popular Hollywood movies where they're always so British, and it drives yeah. me so crazy every time. Mostly mm-hmm. because they often are like regionally British, and I'm like, yeah, you're not even using like a straight, just like <laughs> generic. Yeah, it's it's like I mean that's why I, I couldn't keep watching Troy Fall of a City. I was like. What are what this is like Northern British accent? Yeah, that, that's the one on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix. Yeah, I think BBC did it though, or or it was. Yeah, originally... I um a- after the um the Judgment of Paris episode, I couldn't. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. their whole Athena got to me 
so much. Yeah, I don't remember the specifics. I just remember, like, for one, even I'm pretty sure it looked like they'd filmed it in the UK, where it was like, yeah. I, if I recall, it looked very much like like my climate, which I'm like, mm-hmm. I do not live in a Mediterranean <laughs> climate, unfortunately. I live in, like, Canada's England. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, and between that and then the, the very regional accents, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. No, nope. <laughs> like I'm just nope right out of that. <laughs> no. And it's one of those things where I'm like, it's like, I could do this or I could not though. At the same time, I, I that's how I got away with talking about Assassin's Creed Odyssey for a long time is people <laughs> would tell me to play. And I was like, I don't play video games. And not there's anything wrong with that, but when you've only mm-hmm held an n64 controller the idea of picking up something with all the buttons and two joysticks it's intimidating and so, yeah it's very intimidating and yeah. i'm just like that's all i've done it's funny now but i'm very glad that i finally it's because i i i became full-time at the podcast and i was like okay this is it now because i knew yep. that if this game was as good as everyone told me that it would take over my whole life mm-hmm. <laughs> and and i was right and so thank <laughs> god that i had the time uh because i think i clocked in like a hundred hours in the first month like, yeah I, I believe it, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing how quickly you do get used to a controller but also just the like the mechanisms of it Mm -hmm. i just figured i'd have so much more trouble with it than i did but that's all to say you know sometimes you finally listen to people telling you to play a game and they're absolutely right and i should have done it much earlier yeah um which means i should definitely play hades i know yes and when you do i will come back and talk about it with you because (laughs) i'm obsessed with that game (laughs) so obsessed (laughs) i i've only heard amazing things i should play it but yeah i think i think the the level of diversity both in terms of of people of color just non-white in general and then mm-hmm. also the this ability like the freedom in sexualities in that game and then the freedom that women have and the fact that there's kind of no indication of any kind of like second class citizenry when it comes to to women and i mm-hmm. i mean except for the slaves but yeah, yeah, certainly there are. Unfortunately, yeah. they definitely have slaves. And I think it's interesting, though, that in Sparta, they really do talk about the helots, too. Yeah. I don't think you get, like, do. a lot of background, but I think, yeah, it's important that they are definitely mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting, it's, I mean, it's just all around, like, a very great representation. But understanding it now, like, the way you phrased it of of the way it would make people angry who are into that colonialist narrative of ancient Mm -hmm. greece i think it's even more important and sort of i don't know it's more fun because it would make those people angry (laughs) yeah yeah that's definitely how i approach it (laughs) (laughs) yeah and especially cassandra too like i should have like i said i should have assumed that she would have had that much you know anger associated with her but still i'm i'm kind of excited to hear about it now she's such a badass in the whole game i'm glad she she is made shitty people angry yeah and i mean you know that she wouldn't care about it either not at all not at all she doesn't i mean she just like she knows her worth she knows her strength that's all that matters yeah (laughs) (laughs) the amount that i could talk about her as if she's a very real person that i interact with all the time well i mean you do i know exactly every day (laughs) we're really good friends yeah she and i (laughs) <laughs> yesterday i started it setting out i was like i'm just gonna play for like an hour i have so much to do and then i was like no i'm not five hours later <laughs> yeah exactly i'm like i'm gonna start at like 3 p.m and just go until i go to bed <laughs> you know I, I think it's worth mentioning how 
many actual like ancient artifacts they brought into the game. Yes, yeah. Let's just talk about yeah the the historicity and the ancient everything of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean uh, it's you know I find it so interesting, like a what they picked and b how they use it. Yes, I mean once you actually start looking at it, you can see that they're kind of using the same like three inscriptions over and over and over again. Um, and the same like five statues. Yeah, uh, there's um. I mean, there's one inscription from uh, Epidaurus about, I think it's about like a dog curing blindness or something, um, mm. but it gets used on like chairs and in tombs and on steelies and just like in the most random places. And oh. I mean, once you know what it is, you're just like seeing this epitaph about the dog everywhere. <laughs> It's that's funny. so cool yeah i yeah. mean i tragically don't i'm working on it but i don't know ancient greek so those things would have escaped me for me it's yeah. like a lot of the like architecture repetition mm-hmm. and the statuary and things i find i find really interesting but that's thrilling yeah. to know that like yeah that it is an actual inscription and that they just kind of put it everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i was i mean one of the things about developing a huge game like this is that you know, a- a- academics especially like to talk about how, like, people don't get everything exactly right. Like, uh, when you go to Delphi, you know, it's not like, um, you know, everything from the original site is exactly copied. There's a lot of it there. But, you know, on, on some of, like, the smaller temples, you're going to have some ahistorical reliefs, uh, for example. Or you might have, um, like, the Naxian Sphinx shows up you know, a number of different places in Greece mm. besides Delphi. And, you know, it, it's one thing for us to say it's inaccurate because we're used to pouring in hours of unpaid work to make something perfect. <laughs> but, I mean, this is a product where you have to actually, you know, monetize people's time. You have to put a price tag on that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a sliding scale of accuracy that you really have to keep in mind between okay, how much um, can we put in and how little do we have to put in to make it seem historical? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that Assassin's Creed um, really hit on that balance pretty well. So, um, you know, they model a lot of um, the Parthenon frieze, um, for example. Um, they've got, you know, the major buildings and then they, they kind of um, take those apart and use it like a stamp. Um, mm-hmm. So you can find Parthenon reliefs on, you know, planters. They've turned it into frescoes for some buildings. Um, you can find it on the actual Parthenon. And, you know, because you're actually focused on the quest um, or whatever you're doing, your brain just kind of registers it as, oh, that's ancient Greek. So I'm in an ancient Greek place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unless you're specifically looking for it or like me, you spend all of your day looking at these things anyways. And you're more important to recognize them, you know, it just kind of fades into the background as um, ancient Greekness. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think for most people, you would just look around and, and see kind of how realistic and immersive mm-hmm. it is. And I think that's sort of the key. One of the things that stood out for me, because I definitely noticed the the repetition mm-hmm. um, and certainly, yeah, the, you know, the the Parthenon reliefs are sort of on most temples, like the same relief is up in or the um, the same like freeze is up at the yeah. top is it freeze or whatever whatever word i want to use but and then you know the same little like sphinxes on the corners of the mm. the roofs of the temples and all of that but then you get to some of the things that they've repeated like all the um 
when they want to com- convey uh, Bronze Age mm-hmm. in general, that I find really fascinating. For one, they seem to have kind of picked like one basic type of iconography and then used mm-hmm. it for for everything that when they yeah. mean Bronze Age, which I can understand why they would. Mm-hmm. And and ultimately, I think it just ends up really making the point where like yes okay technically most of what they did i think is pretty minoan and they kind of use it on any of the islands where they meant bronze age and even the mycenaean Mm -hmm. stuff is like but you can tell they mean it's older you can tell that they're referring to like i mean for one they're ruins but still you can tell that they're referring to an ancient culture that is more ancient than cassandra Mm -hmm. which is the the main point to be conveyed Mm -hmm. and then also you can see the differences so I love that you can tell what is supposed to be Minoan architecture. You know, you can see that the way they did the the columns and the mm. artwork inside and the colors. And oh, the colors are so good. The colors are so good. Like yeah. when I first was playing this game and they told me to go to Odysseus's palace and steal Penelope's shroud, like mm. I nearly cried. Like I, was, <laughs> I was like, this is the greatest day of my life. Oh my God. And I got over there and I was and I got into the palace ruins and then just literally like stared at every inch of it right? for as long as I could. Yeah. And that I, I think that palace is such a good example of of what they how they wanted to convey Bronze Age. Mm-hmm. And then they do have like they have mainland Bronze Age and then they have island Bronze Age. Mm-hmm. And I think that if I mean, if you're even able to do that to convey that there it wasn't the same culture across everywhere. Like mm-hmm. that is still like a it it's a little thing that they're doing, but it's conveying a lot of of important historical, you know, accuracies. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's not fully accurate. But at the same time, I think it like makes the point like historically that it's yeah. that it's trying to make. And I think that's so important. And I mean the colors in general, I feel like we could go on forever about how it's actually colorful. Mm-hmm. Which we we get so infrequently when it comes to to depictions of ancient Greece. Yeah. Um. But the colors are just so stunning, and the way they use them, like, uh, yeah, I just I just want to live in it all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just want to like exist <laughs> in that world. But I would have I would love to see like I don't even know. There's just there's <laughs> I just kind of lose my mind thinking about all of it too, and mm-hmm. just the level that they were able to convey, like. You know, there's so much I know is not is not historically accurate, but it's so close and so well done and so well researched. Yeah, that it it just comes across as as incredibly impressive and and historical. Yeah. What are your thoughts on on how they conveyed the like historical storylines of like the Peloponnesian War and the the very real people involved? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's great that you know they're bringing in you know, people who aren't necessarily like the really big names. So you get to meet those big names. Um, so you get to meet Pericles and Socrates and, you know, the various generals and stuff. But you also have, you know, other kind of more minor characters that can put um, a much more human touch on the war. And, you know, you kind of get to see the effect of war on like normal people. So it's not just looking at like a map of, um, you know, battle lines which is how we normally study um, the, per- the Persian War. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same time, you know, they've got to make it into a fun game. So they're weaving in this whole idea of the cult of cosmos mm-hmm. uh, and this, like, secret, you know, society that's pulling the strings of the Greek world. 
very Assassin's Creed thing to do. You know, they they love that whole like shadowy cabal sort of. <laughs> but I mean, at, at the same time, it, it kind of works well to explain the polis system as well. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's not just Atman. You know, you've got all of these different plots that are going on in the different cities as well that feed into the different sides during the war. You know, you can like work with either Sparta or Athens to flip allegiances. Uh, so it's, you know, they, they do a good job of um, kind of conveying the volatility uh, of the mm-hmm. situation, I think. Um, maybe not the actual war itself, but, I mean, it, it's a video game. Yeah, it would be very hard <laughs> yeah. to, 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 to weave in the Cult of Cosmos, to weave in an ongoing game that can't have a, like, finale in that way. Mm-hmm. And then, then try to actually weave it in an actual war. Yeah. Like, or the details of an actual war, rather. Yeah. And, and I mean, the Peloponnesian War, it's, you know, it's not like it has, like, a really big finale and then it's just over. Yeah. You know, it, it just kind of keeps on going. <laughs> well, and then it just, like, you know, caused so much destruction and... Mm-hmm. and- trauma and everything and i think that's what they convey really well yeah like when you when you are wandering those areas that are not athens and sparta and mm-hmm. and you're having people um you know like so many of the like really quick little side quests that you can mm-hmm. pick up are like basically just cassandra says time and time again like war or i don't think this war is going to end anytime soon or you know war hurts everybody and they think they really they make that point pretty clear that Mm -hmm. it kind of involved everyone but you know but it wasn't necessarily like everyone actually had uh, had like strong feelings about it it was like oh kind of who's ruling us now athens or sparta Mm -hmm. and you know i think that they they make the point of it very well i really enjoy when they like include real people in the cult of cosmos when you're like mm-hmm. the like change the things that ha- would have happened to very real people and make them about that cult i quite enjoyed it it did lead me to have to explain to a few people in my q a that the cult of cosmos is not at all real <laughs> <laughs> or is it <laughs> <laughs> well, i suppose we don't know <laughs> But I did enjoy that in like the way, because even um, this is big spoiler, people, big spoiler. Aspatia. She was a real very character. Real. Very, very real. Which is very interesting. There was a few that I learned were real just by having people ask me about them. Yeah. I love, I love Alcibiades, but I also don't know much about him as a real person. Do you have any, <laughs> any thoughts on him yeah. with real and Assassin's Creed Odyssey? <laughs> I mean, he is, um... He is very much portrayed as his stereotype, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is hilarious, and I love him in the game. He's very fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But at, at the same time, you kind of get a sense of his cleverness as well. I kind of wish that we had followed his story a little bit further um, uh, when he goes to um, to Sicily, I think it is. Um mm-hmm. And, uh, like, we don't get the whole um, thing where he's kind of framed for... Um, you know, breaking the penises off of all the herms in Athens. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I need you to tell me about that. <laughs> He's framed for breaking penises off of herms, which, by the way, I love herms. I think they're so silly. They really are. Yeah, so basically, uh, I mean, they're, he was not a hugely popular guy in Athens. Yeah. And there were a lot of people who were trying to get him um, exiled. He was exiled like two or three times. Uh, he ended up in Persia for a while. Then he um, 
like he convinced the Persian king that he could help him take over Greece and then you know he convinces people in Athens that he's still an ally so they call him back and then he like gets exiled again (laughs) and you know at during one of these kind of transitions you know there's this one guy I forget his name I'm terrible with names um in the fifth century but he he basically says that um Alcibiades is guilty of heresy because he went around and he broke all of the penises off the Herms in Athens <laughs> during the night and therefore he should be put to death because this is like a huge crime against the gods which I mean like knowing what we know about Alcibiades in the game you know it's I, um, I could see him doing that <laughs> yeah he he would do that and he would use them but <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean I, I think Alcibiades was like on his like <sighs> on a ship somewhere um and had to kind of like hightail it out of there because if he went back to Athens he would be killed for that and then eventually you know I I think he might have been cleared or something but yeah yeah it's a funny story though I mean that's great that's what a thing to be accused of like I know it's very serious back then but now it's very funny and so to to my listeners like a very quick description of a herm would be I don't even know their purpose honestly I don't know the historical nature of them I just know that they are a person's head on Mm -hmm. like a a plinth and then it just has a penis. So yes. it's like head, stone structure that does not resemble humanity, and then just a penis. <laughs> right. So um, so they're based on the god Hermes, um, just why they're called Hermes. Makes sense. Um, but they're, uh, they're essentially like road markers. They're, they denote kind of liminal spaces. And, you know, Hermes as, you know, this god yeah. who's very quick. He passes between a lot of spaces, underworld, you know, mercantile. He, he's got all of this... Um, kind of like liminal ability about him um he was also mm-hmm. the god of crossroads and stuff like that so you know they would put him like as these herms at you know crossroads you know important points around the city um as kind of like a protective icon but you know he's also got this kind of fertility god aspect to him mm-hmm. so you know he also gets this erect penis which is you know apotropaic and you know funny and um it, it it just fits somehow yeah but yeah that's great i'm glad to know a bit more about them i just can picture the visual and i just find them wildly entertaining yeah i'm very <laughs> i'm very academic in my opinions about <laughs> ancient greek statuary herms are funny <laughs> i'm a professional all the historical depictions just get me like i I mean, the amount of time that I've just sort of wandered around this game and like looked real close up to everything. Mm -hmm. The one time that I do get bummed out is the number, the amount that they uh, do repeat, uh, like freezes and um, basically interior artwork. Mm -hmm. You basically, you get to see like that amazing shot of uh, Odysseus strapped to his ship while the sirens come at him and yeah. I, it's beautiful but then you see it everywhere and I'm like I mm-hmm. want more of them I want like different ones to look at but yeah. I understand why you had to repeat it it's like yeah I mean they're sure really labor intensive <laughs> and they, they've got to push the game out in a few years so eventually yeah you, you have to move people beyond recreating you know vase paintings on walls <laughs> <laughs> exactly and do things like uh, okay let's actually make the game work <laughs> yeah and i guess i like that it functions like really well yeah. i just want more artwork <laughs> <laughs> but it is just so beautiful and it mm-hmm. is yeah it's just kind of mind-boggling like it as somebody who just thinks constantly about 
what I wouldn't give to just wander around that Mm. ancient world. I think this is the most of the biggest game changer for me because I feel like I can kind of do it. It's also been huge for me in the in the pandemic because Mm -hmm. all I want to do is to go to Greece. Yeah. But yeah, like wandering ancient Greece solves it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's another democratizing aspect of the game, especially in the classroom. You know, if you've got students who will never be able to make it to Greece, you know, this is a way for them to actually kind of experience that. Yeah, that's so true. And and it is such a good learning tool, I would imagine, mm-hmm. in general, because, you know, for all it's those little things you can pick out, like for the most part, it's got some major accuracies that I think mm-hmm. would really open people's minds. And even in the way that we're talking about the diversity of, of people and sexualities and things, like mm-hmm. I think even that alone is so important to be able to see that ancient Greece had those ideals. Yeah. And yeah, that, you know, that so many of those things were were totally normal in that world in a way that I think often gets forgotten mm-hmm. by the the people that have sort of taken on classics. Yeah. It's a beautiful game. Basically. It is. Yeah. It's wonderful. Everyone should play it. <laughs> yeah. It's just the absolute best. Like I I want to go play it now. I have stuff to do this afternoon and I can't. I'm already <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for coming on and talking video games. When I play Hades, I'll absolutely have you back. <laughs> yes, definitely. I love that game so much. <laughs> oh yeah. I I know it's it's got to be on my list. I need to, but I just, it's all Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's yeah. All, all the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, Kira, for, right. for talking to me and using your all your video game knowledge to <laughs> and classics knowledge. It's like the absolute perfect person to talk to you about this. I'm so glad you suggested it. A little peek behind the curtain. I put out a call for people to talk to me about like classical mythological women. And I just got a DM from Kira that just said, Cassandra? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think it said, can we, should we just go full nerd and talk Cassandra? Yeah. Yeah. That um, was it. And like, you're yep, like, hell yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I felt a little awkward and clarified that we were talking about Assassin's Creed Odyssey Cassandra and not <laughs> mythological Cassandra. <laughs> I was like, I want to assume Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but like, I want to make sure that I'm not going to come into this and have you be like, so the princess of Troy. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I mean, granted, she is also cool, but amazing. It's all yeah, about thrilling. You know, Spartan Cassandra, right now. Exactly. I should have yeah. known that I tweeted enough about Odyssey that 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 would have been who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but really, thank you so much for for doing this with me, and uh... yeah, thank you for having me. This is great. Ugh, nerds. Thank you all so much for listening. I mean, I think me calling you nerds really is emphasized in this specific episode because not only are we all nerdy for ancient Greece, but also video games in ancient Greece. Fuck, I love Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I hope you all found this as interesting as I did. As always, I love these conversations. They're just so much fun. And I have so much more coming this month and in the future. Thank you all so much for listening. You are the best. I am Liv and I love this shit. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of 
a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. 